Thank you for taking the time to stop by, sir. I know it's been tough trying to get the word out about this. My name is Achi, and I'll be interviewing you today about an event that happened in 2002 in Kandahar, Afghanistan, Mr. Uh, James. Just call me James for the interview. Hmm. I see that after all these years, you still can't bring up the subject out without anonymity, huh? <laughs> yeah. We were forced to secrecy and had to sign a document that if we were ever found that I spoke to anyone about this, I would be sentenced to life in prison. Fuck, are you serious? Life in prison? It's bullshit. I mean, excuse my language, but I guess serving in the military and protecting our country doesn't mean anything if it comes between your service or a military cover-up. <laughs> None taken. I was discharged from my service after that incident happened. For good reason, too. I I couldn't handle still being a part of the U.S. Army after seeing that, that thing. I still have nightmares about it. I couldn't handle just holding this information back, you know? The world needs to know about what could be out there. Your valency will not go unnoticed here. I promise you that. So, James, what is it that happened to you in Handahar, Afghanistan in 2002? It was about 0800 hours when I, along with a special operations unit, were flown out a couple kilometers from Handar for search and rescue. Search and rescue? Who were you looking for? A small patrol were doing surveillance around the area to make due to suspicious activity that was noted by the locals of the area. Suspicious activity? What did they say? <laughs> well... The locals mentioned giants in the area. We thought they were just trying to scare us with their tall tale. But they mentioned how nobody goes outside past dawn. Those that do are never heard of again. Now, going, going back to the patrol, what happened to them? Were they looking for giants too? Well, giants or no giants, the patrol must have felt uneasy knowing the locals refused to step out past 1800 hours. Is that true? Did, did you see the locals ever step out past 1800? Absolutely not. It was eerie how you start hearing feet shuffling faster, doors and windows closing almost instantaneously. And uh, how long did it take until you were sent out for the search and rescue? Well, the patrol was last heard of about 17 hours prior to our departure. The strange thing about this all is that there was no distress signal that was sent out. The last time they were heard of was off was literally on their departure. So then it was obvious that the patrol has gone missing, right? Special forces were sent out for a search or rescue at 0800 and you're airlifted out into this remote area a couple kilometers from where? We were dropped a couple kilometers out to where one of their checkpoints were supposed to be. We arrive and nothing. There was no sign of them being there, and nothing would identify their location. So, what happened next? Well, we just kept going. Hiking down this mountainside, steer our ways through this very narrow path. Right around the corner, we see a cave. 
talking about a huge cave. We think, well, maybe they could possibly be in there. So, well, we start heading toward the cave and seeing all things around the entrance. We see rocks that are not naturally from there. Bones, which at the time I didn't know what type of bones they were. And lastly, we see something we all recognize, which was a piece of our equipment. Our communications equipment. Oh, shit. So, we immediately think... This is an ambush, and all of us disperse just enough in case we do. There wasn't much space for us, especially we were right by the edge of the cliff. All of us had our weapons up and checking for any sudden movement. We heard what sounded like an avalanche followed by a low crowd coming from the cave, and all of us immediately pointed our guns to the cave. We, we couldn't believe what we saw. This thing, huge 12, 15 tall, naked man holding a spear, he had a long red beard and a scarlet red hair. This, this monster ran with such agility out of the cave that immediately one of our soldiers started firing at it. So many shots were fired, but it, it still wouldn't go down. Holy shit, so this, this thing wouldn't drop? Look. We had M4s, Recon Carbine 308s, and Barrette 50s, and it still wasn't going down. Unfortunately, the soldier who was shooting first became impelled by this thing's spear. The spear went straight through him and holding this soldier up like a bob. Someone yelled, FACE! And all of us knew exactly what to do. We put all of our rounds to this monster's face, hoping that this would be the solution. This thing took 30 seconds of straight bullets to the head, until eventually, it went down. Our brother-in-arms unfortunately passed away. Due to the trauma of being impaled and rapid blood loss, our brother died before the monster let go of him. So we called to request for a medevac for the soldier, and let them know what we saw. Moments we see a helicopter that did not look like the medevac we requested dropping off a net and letting us know to put the thing in the net. We were all in shock, but did as what we're told, but it took the whole unit to put this thing in the net. I kid you not, it must have weighed about 1200 pounds and when I looked closer, the thing had four rows of teeth, six fingers on each hand and six toes on each foot. It had such a foul, disgusting smell. It smelled like a combination of a corpse and a skunk. <laughs> I threw up a couple of times trying to put this thing in the net. Man, that, that's awful. I, I can't help but feel sorry for how you must have felt. You know, the, the priority is this thing, not your fellow soldier. That, that's really unfortunate. <laughs> it sucks, but it is what it is. Fortunately, they didn't forget us. After the thing was airlifted out of the mountain in a much bigger helicopter, so were we. The entire way back, we were debriefed. 
right back to the base and watch as the thing was loaded into a, a C-130 aircraft and took off probably for further study or something. Once we arrived, we were told to write a full report as to what we saw and what happened. And once we were told several times to rewrite it, I knew something was wrong. They were trying to cover it up. Shit. <laughs> yeah. For one thing or another. Yeah. They didn't like us saying what we said until it was how they wanted it to be. We were all brought in into and basically forced to sign a non-disclosure report to basically swear that none of us would speak of this to anyone. Period. I... I didn't get a chance to read through the whole agreement, but I did catch a glimpse of quote-unquote life in prison. Shit. I, I feel sorry for the, the, the family of the fallen soldier. When, what did they tell you? What did they tell the family? What did they say? <clears throat> well, not much. They died in action, served his country well, held a quick funeral. That was it. From what I heard, the family was not allowed to see his body. Only a closed casket lowered down the ground. We'll, we'll make sure that the story is, you know, somewhat heard here. And the story is heard so that way the public is well aware of what happened in Handahar, Afghanistan. Damn, James. You know, th thank you so much for stopping by. We really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us today. No. Actually, thank you for allowing me to have an outlet. I hope I could sleep easier knowing that this event is taken with me to the grave. He's talking and I'm not and I'm just... <sighs> And then I'm talking. <laughs> no, but wait, wait! I have something for him. Boom! You get shot down. Now you just fucking me, aren't you? <laughs> I'm just wondering why all these people like kids. The Weird History and Eerie Tales podcast. Concentrate on the loop. Shit, it's loading loop. Wow. <laughs> FYI, there's nothing wrong about <laughs> You got a tight little man pussy on you, don't you? Oh, oh it's. Thanks. <laughs> nice. Uh, he says and nice good. and good. Oh. <laughs> All right. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Weird History Retails Podcast. I am your host, Moses Soria. And with me to my right is my brother, Josh. Yo, what's cracking? And with me to my left is Archie. Nice. Nice. It stinks. Yeah, we just watched a freaking... A very, we don't need to tell people what we were watching. <laughs> They'll know. No, 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 They'll know. know. It stinks. <laughs> nice. And here we are. And in a totally different context, <laughs> we're talking about giants. Oh, they, they stink. <laughs> they stink, though, they. <sighs> so we're, we're talking about giants. We're talking about different types of giants from mm -hmm, different mm -hmm, regions. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We're, we're going into a little bit of the history of giants, of where some of these stories come from and stuff. And then, uh, for those who you know tuned in, you heard a story in the very beginning. That story is a 
uh, an encounter with a giant uh, from a special ops um, army that was over in Afghanistan. And so to each their own, but there's a lot of people that are saying that this story is legit. Based on the true story. Based on a true story. Um, yeah, so it's pretty intense. And so let, let's go into it. Basically, our we're going off of the, the Merriam-Webster definition of what a giant is, which is hmm. a legendary human-like being of great stature and strength, as well as live a uh, living being of great size. In physical terms, a giant is a person who is over seven feet tall with a condition known as gigantism. Um, but we also kind of jump, kind of just revolve around that definition over just different mythology that goes around, you know, the, the, the giants that we have. And so... With that being said, I'm going to look into the history of giants and holy fuck, did I not know what I was getting myself into because there are so Surprise, many connections, connections to the, the what types of mythology, you know, Greek, I, Irish, Norse, Japanese, Christian, Jewish, you name it. Giants have their representation in all. So to say that giants have been first appeared or have first appeared and have first been mentioned here or there is kind of inaccurate. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so the the correct response is instead is we don't know who had as actually has had their first uh, account of giants in the world, or if these giants are real or simply fictional characters of a tall tale. So instead, I'm going to be telling you some of the earliest accounts of giants mentioned across a few cultures, and we'll kind of kind of just jump around here. And so one of the first ones that I've heard is uh, the Nephilim. And they're believed to be the first mentioned giants in Hebrew Bible and the Old Testament in the book of Genesis in 614. And it mentioned the following. When people began to multiply on the face of the, gr- of the ground and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that they were fair. And they took wives for themselves of all they chose. Then the Lord said, quote, My spirit shall not abide in mortals forever. For they are flesh. Unquote. The days shall not be 120 years. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days and also afterward, when the sons of God went into the daughters of humans who bore children to them. They were the heroes that were of old warriors of renown. And so basically, the sons of God were the fallen angels who went against God. And had sex with the daughters of Adam, the humans, and in turn gave birth to these giants called the Nephilim. Hmm. And now this is where there's controversy uh, with the giants and whether they were good or bad, and things get kind of blurry here. And, they, and there's mention that the giants caused havoc and caused a great flood that happened. Uh, others mention that it was kind of a wrong place, wrong time type of thing, yeah. uh, where the flood coincidentally happened and wiped off all the Nephilim. And they're actually the ones that were blamed for causing the flood. So they're, they're saying that, you know, the giants are good people. You know, they, they helped us with this and that and that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it just so happened that the Great Flood um, wiped just, them out. Just so happened and wiped them out. And there's others saying that, like, oh, no, 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 no. The Great Flood is, like, God's letting us know that this was a fucking mistake. And they're just going to the shit out of you guys. God's like, no, 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 no. We need a reset. We need a reset. Let me let me literally wash it clean. Yep, yep. There's no Damn. three lies with this one. He said, let me do a hard reset. Unplug it from the fucking... Yeah. Uh-huh, <laughs> and then... um, 
And the GG. He, he, GG he, to the Giants. He, he got the, uh, what is it called? The Ring of Death mm. with the Giants. It's just Three like, rings, no huh? You know what? Nah. I'm, let me just get a new Xbox. Well, you just triggered a bunch of games. <laughs> you did. Like, oh, you got a bunch of PTSD. Yeah. Uh, and the next giant that I want to talk about is Orion. And this is a Greek mm. giant uh, that has m- numerous stories surrounding his myth. And you most likely know him as one of our constellations of the sky. And one of his stories goes like this. Orion was trying to marry uh, Mirop behind the back of her father. But when Pops find out, he blinded Orion. He's like, no, 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 no. You didn't tell me if you could get permission to marry my daughter. I'm just freaking make you blind. And so, however, Orion was able to regain his sight with the help of Vulcan and his friend, uh, Catalan. And Vulcan asked Catalan to sit on Orion's shoulder and lead him towards east where the sun god rises. They set out their journey, and just as the sun, the sun was rising, Orion regained his sight. Orion then went to live and hunt with Diana. However, her brother Apollo was jealous of their relationship and was planning to sabotage. And so, you know, what did he do? Apollo made a bet with his sister Diana that she was not able to shoot her arrow to the furthest form that's over the horizon on the sea. Hmm. So Diana took the bet and flung a ton of arrows because, you know, the more the merrier. Well, what she didn't know is that Orion was actually that form that Apollo was pointing out oh. and nailed him right in the head. Oh, so eventually, the body washed ashore and Diana was devastated at the sight of her friend's lifeless corpse. She was so devastated, in fact, of what she has done that she placed Orion in the sky with the stars and became the constellation. The other story is that Orion was a self-proclaimed badass who boasted about how his hunting skills were so epic that he can kill any creatures alive. And then a scorpion heard of this cocky motherfucker and took him on. And just like Kimball Slice's first primetime MMA matchup against the Hot Topic manager James Thompson, my dude Orion was whooped all the way to the sky. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you mentioned you are going to bring up Kimball. I thought it was going to be something epic. I mean, the fight was... I mean, Have you seen the fight? I've seen the fight. You think the, the, the fight I, was epic? I kind of regret you bringing this shit up. Because I've seen the street fights of Kimball Slice. You see that video? Oh, boy. Hot topic manager, bro. Yeah, man. I wish so, the, so, so the first story, basically, homegirl, she shot him. So she felt bad yeah. that she just lobbed his carcass into the sky? Yep. All right. It's like, I, if you know, you're living memory, so you're going to be up in the stars. She just lobbed his ass into the sky. Whoop. Lay up. And the next one that we have here is uh, a giant by the name of Kumba Karna. And a Hindu mm. epic of Ramayana mentioned a, a giant demon by the name of Kumakarna. The legend goes like this. Kumakarna was tricked by the goddess Sarawati and for whatever reason decided to tie the giant's tongue into a knot. He was trying to ask the goddess for a blessing, but instead uh, he actually had a hard time speaking and asked for, instead of blessing, he asked for bed. A oh, fat ass bed. Mimi's time. I don't know how blessing. What a great bed. guy. So he asked for a bed. And so then the giant was doomed to sleep for half of the year every year. So after every six months, 
Kumbakarna awakens from his slumber and becomes so fucking hungry that he starts eating anything that's in his path, including humans. I feel that. Kind of has like a Jeepers, has a Jeepers Creepers vibe to it, kind of. Except he's not converting himself into his body. And then during uh, one of his slumbers, his brother Ravana needed help to fight a battle against Prince Rama. It took about a thousand elephants trampling over him in order to finally wake him the fuck up and join his brother for battle. So it took a thousand elephants a to, thousand, just to wake him a up. A whopping thousand. Not going to lie, it sounds like me. So what? instead of helping this dude, mm-hmm. he actually did the exact opposite. And what did he exactly do? Kumbakarna came into battle drunk and killed more of his own allies than he did his enemies until he eventually got himself killed. How's that Spanish-Mexican meme going? Like, that drunk dude that carrying him? <laughs> What's the word he says? He says, Si ya sabes como me pongo pa' que me invita. I was him like, Y'all knew, uh, y'all knew I was drunk. Why'd y'all make me come over he, here? He, he, he was a sleepyhead. He wasn't he drunk. Was, yeah, he was asleep. He no, just, he said he was drunk. No, he was asleep, but then he yeah, came he, into battle drunk. Yeah, see? Motherfucker was, he's like, you know what? I've been out for so long, I need a drink. Ravana was like, dude, your curse was... To be a sleepy fucking head, not drunk. That's Bacchus, bro. You're he not, probably, he you're probably, not Bacchus, bitch. He probably woke up thirsty. And he probably just took a big-ass jug of oh, that Smirnoff, the one that you guys were drinking the other night. Oh, the vodka. You the, drank a Smirnoff? It, it was, dude. Look, I talk a lot of shit about Smirnoff drinks. I'm a big fan of tamarindo flavor. Are you a fan of tamarindo? Uh, fuck Candy tamarindo. tamarindo? It fucks with it. Yeah, so they have a vodka. They have a vodka? Vodka that's tamarindo. spicy tamarindo fucking bomb it's dangerous i i think before i say bomb i'll say it's dangerous and then bomb because it's so good that you, you're gonna want to chug it just it's dangerous bro well, it's, a, it's a sleep that's what bottle that's what doesn't happen to your giant he took the smirnoff thinking like oh it's just water he drink he it. chugged it he's and, like, uh, it's just a swig it's just a swig and he took a fucking swig but he took it on an empty stomach because oh, he had oh that's right he hasn't ate yeah he was asleep for six months no, I, I see now i see I, I would i would kill my own kind if if i was you know, if I drank an empty stomach, I don't know. And so let's move on to the next giant that is widely known. Probably heard of this giant. The giant is called Polyphemus. Mm. So Moses, you want to talk about a little bit about Polyphemus? Yeah. So Polyphemus, he's a certain type of giant. He's what we all know and what we all know as a cyclops. A cyclops. So we all know about the one-eyed giant, the cyclops. Who first appeared in Greek mythology? See, here we go again. The fucking Greeks again. They come up up with everything. God damn it! So it was believed that there was an entire race of cyclops that lived in a faraway, lawless land, described by Homer as pastoral, but savage. You know, they're just always chilling. uh, But then they mind to their own. But they're but they're savage, which was the same shit they would say about creatures that represented societies that weren't Greek that they regarded as not being as civilized as them. So even though they were described as being brutes. These one-eyed assholes weren't without talents. In fact, they were the ones that created and manufactured a lot of the magical weapons that we that we know and love, that, that, that we all know about in Greek mythology, including the thunderbolts, which Zeus used to zap motherfuckers. What? To fuck the thunder, motherfuckers the, 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 up, bro. The thunderbolts the that, he would, that he would just lob it in the zap, Hercules zap. movie. Yeah. Giants. The giants. Or the Cyclops. That. Cyclops at that. So apart from creating weapons, 
They were also the builders of these huge fortifications that can still be seen in certain sites today. So they were known as creating like the best walls like to like keep your city safe mm-hmm. just because they were huge giants. And there was a certain type of wall that these rocks were implemented, the way they would build it, that people today could be like, all right, that's a wall that they would assume a giant built. That's a wall. And it's pretty crazy. It's just huge boulders that are just, it starts off like, it's just a bunch of huge boulders just, right, just right. placed just, you know, just on top of each other. So apparently, thanks to Hesiod, who was a Greek poet, so, so uh, thanks to his writing, he tells us that Cyclops were the children of Gaia, the Earth, and Uranus, the sky, which made the generation of, the, of deities before the Olympian gods. So the Cyclops were the gods before the gods we know today, which were, you know, the Zeus, the Poseidon, all them. Yeah, yeah. The, the Cyclops were kind of like the, the gods before they were. The big man. And, again, they were from some faraway land whose location or name was super unknown. But, thankfully, the only thing known to the Greeks about this faraway land is that they weren't better than them. What's this place called? I don't know. Where is it at? I don't know. Who lives there? I don't know. But we. But the only thing we do know is that we're better than them. That's, just, that's the way the Greeks sold the whole premise of it. All right. And Hesiod goes on and names three Cyclops. He goes on to name Vrandis, Sterope, and Arges. So he names the three Cyclops, and they would go on to fuck more Cyclops into existence before getting killed by Apollo. So these three uh, Cyclops were basically like the forefathers of like all the other giants. So these two were like the first giants that were created, and what they would do is just fucking, fucking, fucking create a bunch of you know bunch of new Cyclopses before getting killed by Apollo in revenge for Zeus's murdering his son, the demigod and master of medicine. So there was a story about Zeus. He's looking down at um at he's he's you know he's looking down and he sees Apollo's son. You know he's getting real good at medicine. He's getting real good at shit. And Zeus is like, man, I don't like this shit. Oh. He's just he's just keeping all these motherfuckers alive. This so grabs one of his thunderbolts and zaps him. So Apollo's like, oh yeah, motherfuckers. Then he goes on and starts killing um, all these um, cyclops. Cyclops. So yeah. after getting killed. It was said that the ghosts would haunt the Mount Etna volcano in Sicily. So Cyclops are traditionally associated with volcanoes because the craters reminded the local folks of the Cyclops' one eye. Mm. So when they would see a volcano, this is just a huge crater and the, the hole where the lava spews out. Right, right. That looks like the face of a, of a Cyclops. Oh. Or just a one-eyed thing. So they're like, all right, Cyclops, cool. That's what we're going to worship. Hesiod, he also said that they were master craftsmen, like I mentioned earlier, with Zeus's thunderbolts, and were even assistants to Hef- to Hephaestus, the blacksmith god. This motherfucker is the one who would build the weapons of gods. If God needed a sword, he'd build the sword. God needed a shield, he'd build the shield. Well, these Cyclopses were so good at building that they were his assistants. And as far as their name is concerned, here... Is Hesiod explaining. These were like gods in other regards, but only one eye was set in the middle of their foreheads, and they were called cyclopes, circled eye, mm. by name, since a single circle-shaped eye was set in their foreheads. So basically, Hesiod was the two chains of his day, because he said, they got one circled eye, so I call them cyclopes. Mm. We all know the famous two chains line. She got a big booty. So... 
I call her Big Booty. No, Big Booty. he didn't. But it's a very great line. It's Famous. It's historical. Prophetic. I, I listen to that every morning. Inspiration? Yep. 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 I've read it all over my walls. <laughs> she got a big booty, so I call her Big Booty. How many times do you say it when you wake up? Just twice. Okay. Just twice. <laughs> Just twice. So, and but that's ridiculous. But for being such craftsmen and being children of gods, mm-hmm. Hesiod describes them as having very violent hearts, making them no different than any of the other badass creatures in Greek mythology. Think of the centaur that apparently mm. last week we learned was locked away in fucking Atlantis. Or last episode, not last week. So Cyclops, they lived in isolation. They have no government. They were not part of any society nor community. And all things Greeks thought to be, in Hesiod's own words, abominable. But outside of the, outside of the following, Cyclops were kind of left out of Greek mythology as a whole. So outside of a few, a story here and a story there, Cyclopses ain't really mentioned. Oh, okay. And but they are a Greek, but they are of Greek mythology, which is kind of weird that you don't associate Cyclopses with Greek mythology as you do with centaurs and all these other creatures. And this is maybe it has to do with them being lawless monsters rather than gods. There are mentions, like I said, here and there, them being worshipped, but that may have been with the connection with Poseidon. A lot of times if they are being mentioned, mm-hmm. they usually mention with Poseidon because Poseidon, the father of the Cyclops Polyphemus, who you mentioned earlier. Right, right. So Polyphemus, he's the most famous Cyclops of all time, right? So one of the most famous encounters between humans and a cyclops, I'll explain later which encounter I think nabs number one, was during a long voyage home by Odysseus from the Trojan War. So according to Homer, halfway home he stops at an island to resupply. Unfortunately for him, Polyphemus lived on this island and was the son of Hoas Poseidon. Polyphemus ended up trapping them in this cave by blocking the entrance with a huge-ass boulder that only a giant could move. Right before eating some of the crew. So he liked them, threw them in the cave, and as he started in the cave, he starts eating some of the crew He's members. Like, mm, you look like a snack. Yeah. So, Odysse- so Odysseus, not wanting to get eaten, thought of a plan of escape. Hmm. Known for his intelligence, this genius came up with a plan. And this is how I think the plan went. This Ooh. is how. Punch him in the dick. No, this is how. Uh, this is how I'm picturing Odysseus sold this plan to his people. Odysseus, he's known for being smart and witty, and he just won the Trojan War. Right, right. So this is him being in this cave. Okay, right? okay. I know this is going to sound crazy, but listen. Okay. Look, I have a plan. What's the plan? So first, mm-hmm. we get his staff. You sound like the fucking soldier I want to shoot. So first, we get... The giant staff. We're not taking Josh with us, right? And we sand that shit down to a spike. And then we harden that shit in a fire, right? So we get the spike, okay. put it in fire, okay. the spike okay. gets hard. Okay. Then we get the giant drunk. Get him drunk? We get him drunk. How do we get him drunk? We're, we're going to get him drunk. Okay. We're just going to get him drunk. He's getting fucked up. I got it. <laughs> and, when he falls a, and when he falls asleep, a few of you... We'll stab the big bitch in the eye. But get this. I ain't doing that. Are you good? But get this. Oh, my. We're not going to run out. Because he'll just fuck us up. And I don't know about y'all, but I want to live. You wanna y'all want to live too, right? Want to live? I want to live. Do you want to live? Yeah, but I want to poke him in the eye, though. 
I want to get him drunk. All right, cool. Can I get drunk? We're we're gonna be a little more drunk. Okay, cool. So for us not to die, this is what we're gonna do. Hmm. Right? This is what we're gonna do. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna tie ourselves, right? Oh shit! What? Tie ourselves to wait for it. Wait for it. The bellies of the sheep that are coming in and out of the cave. So they all looked at Polyphemus. After hearing they were going to escape by being tied down to the bellies of sheep, they immediately started high-fiving each other. They're like, oh, yeah. that's why you're the fucking leader. Fuck that's why you're doing this How shit. How big are these fucking sheeps? Sheeps are pretty big. Well, so Facts. So, facts. That's what, so that's what they ended up doing. They got Polyphemus drunk. They stabbed him in the eye. And while he was reaching for them in a blind rage, he couldn't feel anything but his sheep. But they were tied to the belly of the sheep. So as he was grabbing, they were just escaping with, as the, sheep. They, with the sheep. Right? Smart man. So after missing the Greek ship, so they all booked it. He figured out what was going on. He knew where the ship was. So he's just lobbing these huge-ass rocks to the ship. And he misses. And he keeps missing and missing. Because he can't missing. see. Because he yeah. can't see. So then he gets angry. And then he starts crying. So then he calls for his poppy Poseidon to help him. Poppy. <laughs> poppy. And he's like, Dad, I need some help. Blah, blah, blah. Poseidon's all right, son, don't worry about it. I'm going to get him. And Poseidon, through so many fucking storms at Odysseus's way, that it took them 10 fucking years Fuck no. to reach Land. home. Oh, my God. And... They reached home? Yeah, they reached home, but it took them 10 fucking years. Imagine being in sea for 10 Where the fuck are you getting food? The sheeps, bro. Oh, the sheeps. That's true. They got tied up with them. I want to add one more thing to to your part, though. This might be true. This might not be true. But they're saying... Uh, it, it was said that when Odysseus landed, that Polyphemus asked to introduce, or for them to introduce themselves. And Odysseus was like, no one. He said, I'm no one? He's, I'm no one. Smart man. He's like, fucking, and Polyphemus like, the fuck, this bitch ass, fucking, punk ass. Punk ass. I'm, I'm fucking, yeah, you are no one. <laughs> and he fucking takes him, right? Mm-hmm. And so when, when Moses said that he stabs him in the eye, they're saying that other Cyclops, because he's in the fucking land with other Cyclops, they're saying that other Cyclops ask, yo, 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 what's happening? What happened to you? Who did this to you? And he's like, no one. Mm-hmm. And so the Cyclops were like, man, you're full of shit. And they just walked away. It was no one. <laughs> Who stabbed you? No one. <laughs> what do you mean? It was no one. It was like that one I scene. It was, no one. it was like that one scene in Rush Hour. Yeah. Who are you? I'm me. No, that's oh. me. That's you. No, that's him. That's I or some Fucking shit. Fucking love that scene. Wow. You, me, him. I'm whooping everyone's ass. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, Rush Hour. I want to say three. So, you just want to know. I'm, I'm going to steal a little segment from my brother because he hasn't done it in, in years. Ooh. A little segment. What segment? You're talking ready? about. Uh, Get ready. But here are some fun facts. Some oh. fun facts. About the Cyclops. Oh. So according to legend. You mad? The Cyclops had only one eye because they traded one eye in order to see the future. The only future they were able to learn yeah. or to see was the day they were going to die. What a fucked up trade. So that's one of those things that be careful what you wish for. Yeah. The Cyclops, he had normal, he had two eyes. He's like, you know what? I want to see the future. Hades, oh, you want to see the future? I can help you out. You just got to give me one of your eyes. I'll give you one of my eyes. Cool. And he threw my eyes, and I'll, give you, and I'll make you see the future. All right. Well, the future you're going to see is the day you're going to die. You didn't you're going to be coming back down here to Hades, and the anxiety you'll get. Bitch. Just waiting. You're like, oh, I already know I'm going to die. And, Cy- 
So that's fun fact number one. Fun fact number two. Cyclops represent people who see through only one perspective. Hmm. What? What do you mean? Oh, you know the right people, perspective. You know how some people don't. If you're having an argument, they can't point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, you Cyclops motherfucker. That'd be mad. If, if you're arguing with someone and they can't see your point, just call them polyphemous. Just call them polyphemous. Stab them in the eye and walk away. I'm down. Also, you fun fact number three. Me. According to German scholar Walter Burkert, ancient groups of lesser gods mirrored cult associations. So a lot of these gods that weren't worshipped, they kind of had their own cults. Right. And for example, the Smiths Guild lie behind the story of the Cyclops. They have Smiths have like this huge kind of cult-like fascination with the Cyclops due to their habit of wearing a single eye patch to protect one eye from flying sparks that can blind them. And also because blacksmithing was such a demanding and tough job that the men who became Smiths would have been extremely muscular after beating their fucking hammers onto hot iron day after day. And as we all know, all Cyclopses have all been swole as fuck. Yep. I thought it was cool. The iron, the whole fucking Smith's Guild, and... That's right, it's real swole. Fun fact number four. A possible origin of the Cyclops legend is that a prehistoric dwarf elephant which are twice the size of human skulls, may have been found around Sicily by the Greeks and mistaken the remains of the elephant to a mythical creature. If you guys want to know what I'm talking about, go to our Instagram, The Weird History, mm-hmm, Even mm-hmm. Tales Pod. So as we all know, an elephant has a tusk. Well, that tusk right. has no bone. So when so that where the tusk goes in the skull, it's just a huge hole. Oh. And the dwarf elephant skull is just a little, it's just, it's bigger than a human skull, but not too big. It's basically twice as big. So they, when they found the fucking skull, they assumed, oh, this is just one eyed <gasps> human. Yeah, exactly. But it wasn't. No, it was just a little elephant, just a little baby elephant. It was Dumbo. It was Dumbo. It was Dumbo. Damn. Number five, another possible legend of origin it was the herbal medicine was used a lot before the year 400 BC. And this may explain how some theories about the one-eyed man came to be. Because one remedy prescribed to patients was the white halibut, which is capable of causing severe birth defects in unborn children. Hmm. With some cases of that birth defect as being born with one eye. Oh boy. Have you seen that picture before? No. No? I haven't. Have you? No. Pretty creepy. Will we see it? Uh... You guys want to see that picture? Go to our Instagram. And the last, but definitely not least, fun fact about the Cyclops that the Thunderbolts that Zeus became famous f- famous as fuck for was actually forged by three by the three Cyclops I mentioned earlier. The three mains? The three mains, because remember, our Jess was responsible for the brightness. Yeah. Like, He's a solar flare, dude. Vrandy's added the thunder. Mm-hmm. And Sterapy, who gave Zeus, he actually gave Zeus the power of lightning. So because Zeus had the power of lightning, he was able to control thunder. Right. And because he had thunder, fucking uh, our Jess is like, all right, well, we got to make him right. Yeah. And that's how Zeus became Zeus. Well, got his thunderbolts. Yeah. So what was this before he got his? his Zeus was dick. He, he was wasn't dick. shit. They just won't swole dude th- th- that's th- it? Th- floating in the clouds. So th- is it like Thor without his hammer? 
So we're talking about myth, uh, mythology and folklore. And there's different uh, mythology and regions of, of, of these fucking uh, giants. So I'm going to tell you um, uh, folklore or mythology on the region of Africa known as the Makoma. Makoma? Yeah, yeah Makoma. Now, this story is from the center people of Zimbabwe and begins on the banks of the Zimbabwe River. Now, instead of telling you the story in its informative style, you might appreciate this. I'm going to do it as a crash course status, bro. Ooh. I was looking up other stories on this. If those who don't know what crash course is, it's essentially like for us students, we're like, okay, I have to learn this subject or this thing uh, in a short amount of time. You go on YouTube, you go somewhere, and they give you a crash course, which they just fucking summarize everything. Summarize everything such. In, you, you know in, what in you do time? when you're uh, you get ready for a final? You're asking the wrong person, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so I found a crash course style story of Makoma. All right, I got it from Myth Retold. Doesn't say who exactly wrote it, but it was posted on November second, two thousand eleven, and he named it. Hey, it's my birthday. Uh, what? Yeah, it is. Huh. huh. Okay. It's weird. All right. Irrelevant. Keep going. Yeah. Highly irrelevant. That made the story <laughs> less interesting. <laughs> it did. And he he gave it the title, Mokoma is better than you. And it makes sense because this is the story of Mokoma. All right. So this chick gives birth to a fully formed Dude, not just any fully formed dude, but a form a fully formed mega dude, complete with a hammer and a sack. And a and sack? I'm not talking about his boss sack. I'm talking about like an actual sack, okay? And more than one. Now, this guy has a whole wardrobe of ball sacks, different types of sacks or for different occasions. Ball, so you're talking about ball sacks? <laughs> not really ball sacks, but it's sacks. just a reference. Yeah, sacks. This dude's going. And they're all from the same model. Because he has so much sacks. The point is, so so this guy is kind of intimidating. Because he was born as a fucking full-grown giant dude. He was born huge. So talking or manly as fuck. He skipped the whole oh, thing. He skipped the, yeah, he was born fully like, as a fucking... It was like that scary-ass big baby that was haunting the internet a few months ago. What? A big baby? Did you see that shit? I no. didn't see that shit. It was a baby who was like fucking three feet tall in diapers. This motherfucker was huge, what? bro. But now, like this a wasn't baby? a baby. This is a... I'm talking about a giant, bro. Big-ass motherfucker already. A full-grown, fucking swole-ass motherfucker. So, so this... He didn't wake up saying gaga. No, nah, no. Nah. This is what he said. So this guy is kind of intimidating. Obviously, even for his mom, is a little afraid of him. But finally, she comes up to him and says, Hey, hey, son, uh, what should we call you? And instead of answering her very simple fucking question, this dude is like... Bring me every radical dude in the land. So his mom summons all the rad dudes. She's going door to door. Are you rad? Are you kind of rad? Are you a badass? All right, get your ass over here. So this sack guy leads them all down to the river where there are thousands of angry fucking crocodiles. And he's like, okay, guys, who wants to murder all these fucking crocodiles? And predictably, no one raises their fucking hat. So he's like, fine. He straps on his heftiest fucking sack and just dives right into the fucking water. And then 10 seconds later, the whole river explodes in the shower of crocodile blood. 
He just threw one swing, and the Austin it just started him into like dominoes effects. And this guy walks out all gory and shit, and he's like, "Okay, you guys can call me Wakoma. What? It means greater than you." I thought I, I thought he was gonna come out of the water and be like, "You guys can call me One Punch Man." <laughs> it means great, greater. Just brought them all out just to prove a point. The cocky <laughs> Pretty much, dude. The only born too. She's just fresh out the vag, bro. Huge fuck, ass motherfucker. Fuck that baby. What's your name? Bring me all the motherfuckers around here. So everyone is pretty okay with this. <laughs> what? Because no one wants to be greater than Makoma. Makoma's great as fuck. Alright. If it means one manning a river full of pissed off crocodiles, so Makoma decides to go off into the world and kill shit for, for a while, presumably because he's fucking bored. So Makoma is walking along with his hammer and his sack, and he runs into a giant who is busy busy making mountains and he's like yo giant what you doing what i do and the giant <laughs> is like i'm just making mountains dude who are you makoma's like i'm a comma which means greater than you and the giant's like what the fuck fuck you asshole but makoma just hits him with a hammer and gives him a concussion <laughs> it's so <laughs> he hit him so fucking hard that the concussion Cause the giant to drink into a tiny sized little dude and transfer all his powers to Makoma. And then the giant's really keen and being Makoma's servant, his servant, dude. So this is one hell of a fucking hammer. So you crush his fucking skull, he turned to a little dude, Makoma absorbed his powers, he picked up that little giant, that earth giant, the creator of mountains, and threw him in his little sack. You're mine. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. So Makoma puts the giant in the sack and keeps walking and he runs into a giant who is digging massive trenches. And Makoma was like, yo, giant, what you doing? doing?" And the giant's like, I'm just making riverbeds, dude. Who are you? I'm Makoma, which means I'm greater than you. And the giant's like, what a smart ass answer. Time to die, bitch. But then Makoma hits him with his hammer and he shrinks. Makoma steals his powers puts him in the sack as well so i see a trend here yeah <laughs> but wait there's more so he proceeds to do this again and again and again and the first time he does it to a dude who was planting giant thorn trees for elephants to eat and the second time he does it to this dude he finds up in the mountains eating fire both of them ha- both of them he handles with and tried and true method of insult bludgeon and steel and at the end of this ridiculousness he has successfully deprived the world of its only sources of mountains, rivers, trees, and fire. I mean, he has all those fucking powers now. But what do you think he's going to use them for? This is a dude whose goal in life is to roll up on big dudes while they're at work, beat their skulls in, and then remove their ability to work. This is not the humanitarian of the year we're talking about. Even so, all these tiny giants he captured are super loyal to him, presumably because he still has um, that magic giant beating fucking hammer. So pretty soon, Makoma comes across this nice clearing, clearing in the woods, and he's like, "Excellent! What a perfect claim for me to live in. This this was my goal all along." He's like, "Excellent, Makoma approved." Yep, that's right, guys. This dude just manhandled four giants while he was out house fucking hunting. So yeah, he tells one of the giant slaves to make him dinner while everyone else goes out and gathers building materials. 
oh shit, what's this? When Makomo arrives home in the evening, he finds his cooking giant tied to a tree by a single giant hair. So he's like, yo, dude, this is pretty lame. What happened? And the little giant's like, okay, right after you left, this dude showed up with the sweetest fucking mustache. Seriously, you cannot see the ends of this fucking thing. This thing wasn't just a, a soup catcher, but it was a soup's worst nightmare. What? A fiendish contraption designed to catch all the soup. Anyway, yeah, I told him I worked for you. He tied me to a tree with part of his mustache. And here we are. And Mokama was like, fuck that. So with a few days, he keeps leaving different dudes at camp. And they keep getting tied to trees. Until finally, he just says, fuck it, and waits there himself. Pretty soon, this mustache dude shows up. He's like, are you Makoma? And Makoma is like, well, I'm certainly greater than you. And the mustache dude is like, well, I'm the spirit of the river. My mustache is fog. Now we must kung fu fight. And they do. And initially, right the river mustache guy is too slippery to, the, uh, too slippery to hammer. But then Makoma just throws his sack over the guy's head. And it's no problem at all. That's good. And the next day, Makoma is like, hey, guys, great job on helping me build this house. But I, just, I just got a call from my ancestors. And they were like, hey, dude, you need to kill this five-headed giant named Psychotorina. And I was like, all right, cool. I mean, I'm the greatest soul. <laughs> I'm the greatest, so that's fine. Then he gives all the giants their powers back for some odd fucking reason. I guess otherwise this would just be too fucking easy. And he goes to find Psychotorina. And fuck him up. And he did. So he so he ends up in some far off land um, or other, and he sees a house. He walks into, he walks in, and there are two chicks inside. He's like, "Hey guys, I've seen this dude, Sakatarina," and they're like, "Dude, you have totally come to the right place. We are his wives." And he is that giant thing outside whose leg looks like a mountain, and whose upper body is entirely obscured by clouds. Honestly, we're not sure how he plans to have sex with us, but when a dude like that decides to marry you, there are not a lot of tactile ways to fucking decline. So then they probably keep talking, but it doesn't matter because Makoma is already outside beating so its feet with his fucking hammer. <laughs> so he's beating these fucking legs up. He hears the, this voice from way far fucking up. Like, hey, who's barely managing to inconvenience me down there? Makoma is like, it's me. But he has a poor stage presence and cannot project his voice into the stratosphere. So he is obliged to attack Psychotorina's attention again by setting his fucking feet on fire. What the fuck? So at which, so at which point Psychotorina just, just kind of lightly picks him up and murders him. Except, wait, what the fuck is this? It turns out killing Makoma actually turned him into a supersonic fucking Makoma. He, because he suddenly grows fucking huge and picks up his hammer and just starts beating the fuck out of Sagatarina. And Sagatarina is like, oh man, this, this is awesome. It was so lonely when I was the only tall guy. And they, they fight for like days and days until they both pass the fuck out. And when they finally wake up, the great spirit is there. Like, guys, that was awesome. That was too awesome for Earth. You have to go live in space now. So they do. 
everything pretty much goes back to normal except for the dead fucking crocodiles who stayed dead so the moral of the story is that the only reliable measure of a person's greatness is their ability to be people with their hammer Sounds like an ancient Debo. Pretty much. <laughs> now this I, is a, I feel like a I crash went, course. I just felt like I went through some weird acid trip. This is a trip. That's right. And it is a trip. It's a fucking trip. It's a funny trip. Because once you read the actual story of Makuma and then reading this shit, it's just pretty fucking hilarious. So if you're confused and you want to read more about it, uh, the, the 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 legend, the folk, uh, the folk, um, the folklore, the mythology is on just basically known as Makuma. Alright, so speaking of Cyclops, there's actually another Cyclops that I didn't know of. And this this Cyclops is part of Iris. Excellent. Another oh. one? The ex- <laughs> uh, another one. Another one. Part of Irish mythology. Mm. And it's their own version of the Wynite Giant, but theirs is called Balor. And so Balor was actually the king of giants who uh said to be one of the early settlers of Ireland. And Balor was known as a god of death because anyone who was unfortunate enough to lock eyes with this dude would die instantly. In order to prevent this from happening, Balor would actually conceal his eye and if and when needed, he would use his special power. So according to the myth, word came out that uh, Enthilin, which is his daughter, had a son who was actually planning on killing Balor. And when Balor heard of the news, he locked away uh, Ethlyn high in the Crystal Tower, preventing her from having any more children. However, Cyan, a minor god, snuck into the Crystal Tower and impregnated Ethlyn, who then gave birth to three sons. Balor heard of the news as well and was infuriated. And what did he do? Balor just chucked the three newborn grandsons into the sea to die. Holy shit. All but one survived, and the survivor was Lou, who was then fostered by uh, Manon Mackler, who was a god of the sea. And the prophecy played out that Lou led the, the race of Irish gods. It's here where Lou took his revenge and eventually killed his grandfather by ripping out his eyeball. Hell yeah. Alright, now let's go for east and go to japan and talk about a yokai yokai watch close and for those of you that do not know what a yokai is a yokai is a class of like a supernatural monster a spirit uh like a demon in you know japanese folklore today i'm talking about the oni so the oni is this huge ogre demon that lives in like remote mountains caves islands and abandoned fortresses that usually feeds on livestock humans and alcohol and mm. alcohol and alcohol hell yeah, it's getting fucked up so originally all spirits like ghosts and monsters they were all known as onis even the root of their name is a word meaning hidden or concealed and it was written with the chinese character for ghost so in the old days of Japan, before the spirits were all well cataloged, like like today, all the Japanese spirits and all of that, they have it down like like 
like a Pokedex. Like you, they have everything cataloged. They have everything mm-hmm, down. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. like a Pokedex. You just gotta go down through. Click, the, click, yeah, click, and, click. Oh, so what kind you looking for? You looking for a fire one, a water one, electric one? So before those days, the Oni could refer to almost any supernatural creature, whether they were a ghost, a weird god, large and scary yokai, and sometimes even fucked up people. Mm. But as time went on and the cultures changed, so did the Japanese language, and now Oni is, is a specific kind of yokai. And Oni are one of the greatest icons of Japanese folklore. If you do not know what I'm talking about, you have seen the Oni. And if you just want to know what the Oni actually, what an Oni looks like, go to our Instagram. Weird History, here we tell us power to plug. So the Oni are huge and scary as fuck. Sometimes standing taller than most trees. They come in different varieties, but for the most part, they are described as being with red or blue skin, crazy ass, like 80s metal hair, they usually have two or more horns and fangs like tusks. The other variations come in different colors, horns, eyes, fingers, and toes, but they all mainly look the same. They wear loincloths made of the fur of great beasts that they kill. Ooh. All Oni, they all have dummy strength. Like, they're all, like, dumb strong. And many of them are sorcerers, believe it or not. Do they got dummy gummy? Dummy big. <laughs> they are ridiculous. Ridiculous demons, they are known for being bringers of disasters, spreaders of disease, and punishers of the damned in hell. So so these motherfuckers are metal as fuck. They're OP. Hell yeah. So the only they're born when true pieces of shit die and end up in one of the Buddhist hells. Once there, they are turned into Oni and become ogre-ish and brutal servants of the great Lord Enma, who is the ruler of hell. Mm. They carry iron clubs that they use to crush and kill humans, you know, just for the fuck of it. Their sole existence is to punish. You know, they like peeling off the skin, they like crushing bones, and other things that are, quote-unquote, too horrible to describe. I feel like I'm reading, I feel like I reached the end of a fucking Lovecraft story, <laughs> where the whole goddamn story is building up for a monster, and then right when he's about to get to the monster description, oh, it's too horrible to describe. There's, there are no words that can describe the horror. Fuck you. Describe it. Try it. Try red. 36 pages of nonsense. What the fuck does this fog look like? Wait, doesn't it? It this, stinks. This is an all love. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Wait, the, the, isn't Lovecraft known for describing shit? Yeah, but, and well, he's only known. Yeah, he, yes, but that's how horrible these monsters are. Not even They're he too horrible to describe. describe. See, Lovecraft can even describe. Oh. That's that's a horrible word it is, bro. My head. You know, but these punishments are meant for the sinner, but only that aren't fucked up enough to be born as only themselves. So the only will only punish humans that are fucked up enough where they're gonna go to hell, but not fucked up enough where they're gonna where they themselves are gonna turn into onis. Mm. So we so basically right now when you're thinking of hell, the hell is full of onis, and they make up of the armies of the great generals of the underworld. Sometimes it's rare, but it's been rumored to happen when a human is so fucked up and his soul is so beyond redemption, they can transform into the only while still alive. They Damn. stay on earth to terrorize everyone 
And these Onis are the most dangerous ones because they are not bound by servitude. All the other Onis, they know their line in the hellish lineage of order. They know their place. They know their place. These human Onis, they don't. They don't They don't belong to anybody. They just super saying themselves into an ogre. Like, and they hey, start huh? fucking that, shit up. That's your man? You know that guy? So mm-hmm. right now I'm gonna tell you the legend, an only legend that will tug at your heartstrings. Hmm. In a legend, a red oni tries to become friends with humans, even writing friendly messages on his house and making sweets. However, oni are known for being scary and sometimes being man eaters, so everyone naturally stayed away. Eventually, he asks his friend, the Blue Oni, for help on what he should do to let the humans know he was their friend. So the Blue Oni comes up with a plan. He'd pretend to be an evil Oni and attack the human village. And the Red Oni could heroically come in and save the humans by chasing off the Blue Oni. They enact this plan, and the Red Oni befriends the humans like he wanted. However... He soon realizes that his friend, the Blue Oni, hasn't come around. So he goes to the Blue Oni's house to see if something happened. He finds a letter from the Blue Oni who writes that he will stay away from the humans so that the Red Oni can still be friends with them. The story ends with the Red Oni crying for having lost his one true friend. That's some uh, Jackie Chan Adventure episode of the Talisman, dude. Of the Oni. Yeah. 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 I remember seeing that. Do you remember that mm-hmm. shit? The mask? Yeah. That's, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the mask. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yogi. <laughs> <laughs> fucking say one more time. Or Uncle. One more thing. Oh, there you go. He fucking smacks him with two fingers. Ah, yeah. Fucking love that show. So let's move on to South America. To be more specific, in the 1500s, 1500s, this dude named Magallan, he went out. He's like, you know what? I'm fucking bored. I want to go out there and fucking sell and conquer. And tra- well, well, not conquer, but travel the world. He's like, fuck her So he stopped by what is now known as a Patagonia, right? Where he found a naked, a pair of naked giants dancing and singing on the shore. Magallan was like, yo. What the fuck is that? I want to know what the fuck is that. But just to be safe, I'm going to send one of my little goonies over there to figure it out if to see if my eyes are deceiving me. Those are huge fucking people. So he picks one of his goonies. He's like, yo, here's some bread. Right. <laughs> Go over there to these motherfuckers. Dance like they're dancing. So it could symbolize that you're a friend and you're blah, blah, And then try to bring them closer to us so that one little goon is like fuck all right he gets bread he's 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 running and dancing like they're dancing over there and yeah surely enough they they do um lure these giants closer and closer he's to just the pe- captain he's just pop locking dropping it the whole time and it worked one of uh one of the dudes there that's part of the venture with Megayan um took took notes on this event and this is where they were like first describing, holy shit, these guys are fucking huge. 
And this is what he stated. When he was before us, he began to marvel and to be afraid. And he raised one finger upward, believing that we came from heaven. And he was so tall that the tallest of us only came up to his waist and had a big, booming voice. Now, obviously, these Europeans, back in the days, they were absolutely short. Small as fuck. Were? Yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, not, I mean, compared to what I'm about yeah. to talk about, these guys are small. But they thought they were the biggest because okay. they haven't seen anything bigger than them. Right, right. So they were dwarfed by what they call the Patagonians giants. But later on in the future, uh, time had passed. We found out that these giants, the Patagonian giants, were known as the Tehuelque population. Okay. And indeed, this population was tall. The Europeans, the dudes that came over here, they're like, yeah, these motherfuckers were 10 to 12, 14 feet huge. Later on, they found out these dudes were tall, but they weren't that fucking tall. They were the smallest one, the shortest one, quote unquote, will be about like six two, six three. Okay, okay. ranging from six two, six three, all the way to seven feet. So these, this population yeah, was big. Yeah, yeah. But it wasn't as big as they described them. So going back to the adventure and the journey, uh, he wanted to bring evidence back to Europe, saying, "Look." These fucking giants are real. Mm-hmm. So he started planning a scheme. He started introducing all their all their equipment, all the little stuff that these creatures, quote unquote, he calls them, that they never seen before. So they showed them the mirror. They fucked up. Once they showed the the giants in the mirror, it kind of freaked out because it never seen itself ever. So when showing the mirror, motherfucker shit himself. I win. So he panicked and he he he. He, uh, he he took down some of his men. He like swung around and just dropped these motherfuckers. And then slowly but, slowly but surely, the the situation calmed, and they started showing him other uh, other uh, um, items that that the Europeans had. Yeah, just to catch their curiosity, so they could trust them. Mm-hmm. So after several weeks with the tribe, McGinney hit upon the scheme. He was like, "I'm gonna kidnap two of these motherfuckers," mm-hmm. and once he got used to the metal and stuff, they they put chains on him. Right. The the giants were like, Oh, what are these? You know, it's like, oh, okay, I never seen these before. And surely enough they did. They brought him back to the boat, they sailed back, but unfortunately these motherfuckers died. The giants died. The giants died. Oh shit. So I don't know what happened to the bodies of the giants. I'm assuming I mean I'm assuming the voyage back then took months to get back to the original place. So I don't know if the body was decaying. They're like, you know what? We can't keep the fucking dead body of this giant. We toss them overboard. So we toss them overboard. So they, they only came back with just tales and stories and written journals of of these giants. Now, the etymology of the Patagonia, well, pata, which in Spanish means feet, and gonia is large. So they're like, okay, there there was some truth on these um, um this population of quote unquote giants. They were huge, but they weren't as big as how they, they were described. Yeah, yeah. And this is why. Animals, including us humans, we have a tendency to grow larger in cold climates and smaller in warm ones. This is known as a Bergman's rule. Now with a big body you lose heat less quickly and therefore better adapted to surviving freezing temperatures. Mm. So when the Europeans came there, it was it, it was unknown climate, it was cold, and that explains why that population that was there, the Tehuelque, were known as being huge, right. big people. And then um, 
throughout time, they're, they're like, yeah, they're not really giants, but they were giant to the Europeans. Mm-hmm. And that's the story of Terwerke and the, the Patagonia giants. It's giants everywhere, man. I mean, there's still remnants of, of giants still probably in the U.S. I'm, I'm actually going to talk about later on in the episode about a giant that lived during modern times. He was born in the 40s. Oh, okay. In the 40s. Yep. See what I mean? It's still among mm. us. I see two big-ass foods right in front of me. But a fat joke? <laughs> okay. And so, uh, during the, the mid-1800s, there was a flurry of activity that emerged across North... And basically, there is... <laughs> Did you hear what? <laughs> Read the shit again, bro. Sound like you said titty. <laughs> what the shit? <laughs> he's, he's, he's never said activity. He said ass titty. <laughs> I tried so hard to laugh, bro, but I looked at Moses. He looked at me. I'm like, oh, weird ass titty. Fuck. There is a flurry of ass titty that emerged across North Activity. <laughs> Bitch ass foods. Right, read, so read, read, read it, read it, read it. So in the mid-1800s, there's a flurry of activity that emerged across North America in the fields of archaeology and anthropology that basically triggered uh, this part of the discovery of the... Chickasawa uh, tribal burial mounds of Oklahoma, in which there were found uh, many human bones, which many of them were seven feet and longer in mm. length. Uh, in fact, during the years ranging from the late 1800s all the way to the 1990s, there have been over 1,000 reports of giant-sized human skeleton remains that were found all across North America. And these stories were actually sent out to the public because a lot of people were curious about them. So if you take take a look at North America Giants, uh, Skeletons Found, type it up on Google. You'll see a whole bunch of journals that were published. A lot of uh, um, newspaper headlines that were made. All revolving like, hey, here's another giant that was discovered here. Here's another one that was discovered here. And so most of this time period when a lot of giants were found in North America was during the time of the Manifest Destiny. So basically during this this time, you know, the Americans had this huge urge of like, we need to go west. We need to settle forth and we need to find out what the fuck is out there. And so they did, uh, which, you know, made them uh, get more territory, but in in the most aggressive manner possible because that that was just their need they want to get more land they want to discover more and all this stuff um and so in doing so they actually you know killed many many native americans they took many of them uh they converted many of them as well but also in doing so they actually uh when they were digging up and just like creating you know houses or land and all this shit yeah they dug up a bunch of giant skeletal remains that that um that were in these uh indian burial grounds and so when you know they start noticing all these patterns like why the fuck are there so many giants um it said that a lot of these native american tribes actually their ancestors fought off many of these giants uh because it, it said that many of these giants that were there on that time uh were cannibalistic and so they would eat they're just eating motherfuckers. They're eating people left and right. And so they're like, they're like America, they gotta go. Yeah, Native America's like, we gotta fucking kill these dudes. And so that's why there's so many remains of, of these really large humans. 
However, um, it's to say that uh, as time went on, a lot of these uh, bones that many of them were found mm-hmm. actually were destroyed because of uh, just the, the whole manifest destiny ideals of, you know, white, racial, religious, ethnic superiority. They're like, we don't fucking care about this care about our history we don't care about your history yeah the winners yeah write the history exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. and so a lot of you know these giant skeletons were um confiscated or, or destroyed and so the few people that were like hey you know we gotta do you know this is history we gotta know about this people gotta know about this yeah um actually were able to take them preserve them and a lot of them went to um the smithsonian institute so you can see ah. so, so you can still see some of these bones yeah, and Smithsonian. not all of them, but, you can see but some. yes, yes. We can see some. Uh-huh. But if you're too lazy to go to, to go to the Smithsonian, what you could do is go to our Instagram, Weird History. You can tell us pod, yeah, and take a look at these bad boys. But it's funny though because a lot of these bones that 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 people caught, they're mm-hmm. like, yeah, we're gonna send them to the Smithsonian Institute for you know people to check out and stuff. And they're like, yeah, yeah, we'll take them in, we'll take them in, and then we'll just throw them in the back. Well, I mean, they'll take them in, and and a lot of. It, it came to a point where some of these bones were just not getting publicized anymore. And hmm. it, and it might have been because of the whole, like, uh, there's a there's a, a psychological fear called megalophobia, which basically is the psychological fear of large objects or people or something deeper that has been present. So, might have been that, too, that people were just afraid of, just like, oh, shit, there are humans that were bigger than us. Just like scary. internal yeah. fear in the DNA. Yeah. Like it yeah so, that could, so that's where that 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 fear of of fucking big people, it might have came because your ancestors or somebody might. But some, that's, that's true. Someone might have got squished by somebody big and it just stayed in your, that, in your DNA. It just yeah, stayed in the psyche of your DNA. I mean, cavemans were, were learned to escape. Just bigger animals are like that's just fucking big. I'm not gonna touch that. Or like someone at first was like, let me see what the fuck that's all about. And the other people look, they see their homie getting killed or squashed or eaten or whatever. They're like, nope, we're not fucking with that anymore. Yeah, that's why uh, they explain that that's how some people get phobias. Yeah, it's just something in your DNA. There's just maybe someone, uh, your something passed down from like two, gener- three, four generations before you, or someone died from a spider bite. So now you're like, oh fuck all spiders. Fuck the spider. Have you guys ever kicked with someone that was? Tall, like six eight plus, not that tall. Okay, nope. I have back in junior college. He yeah. was a basketball player, and uh, fuck, dude, it's the first time I felt so small. I'm six three. I usually tower people around yeah. here. Yeah, but once you once you go to college, you go out where there's just diversity. Yeah, this dude was uh, he was he was born and raised in Germany, came over here. To, he was uh, white. No, black. Oh, he was black. Well, that was my. Damn, yeah, racist fuck. Yeah. And he came over here, uh, but sadly, uh, um, he committed suicide. So oh, dude. Even, yeah, so that was a big, uh, big fucking hit. I was like, holy shit, I had no idea. Like, I he was the most jolly dude, jolly dude down yeah. to earth. And I would kick with him like every day, yeah, with some other friends. And it was like, fuck, like, seeing someone six eight, you see him television, you see him basketball, you see him in another sport, you're like, like holy oh, look shit. top, and then you see him in yeah. person, you're like, in whoa, person, yeah. So you have like tall. just the presence, yeah. Now I know why when, when like short people are like five one, five five feet look at me, like, oh, you're, you're big. I'm whoa. like, well, I'm not that tall, you know, and then I'm next to someone who's six eight, 
six nine. I'm like, holy shit, this was fucking huge. Were you scared? Did you feel fear? Not fear. I felt comfortable. I felt finally I'm I'm normal. He's you like, finally, you're the weird one. He's like, finally, the shit goes down. He's the biggest one. Yeah, yeah. They'll take him out first. Yeah, it's crazy. So now, like, I can see like phobia or fear yeah. of like big that being a thing. Yeah, yeah, that being a thing because it's just the presence, you know. Uh huh. Yeah, I believe it. That's true. And so, like, uh, as I mentioned, during this time is when they found a lot of skeletons. Mm-hmm. And here are some of the reports of people that that found remains. Yeah. Uh, in Steelville, Missouri. In 1933, they actually found an eight-foot-long skeleton. As part of this, the search of search for the Lost Giants show, Jim and fellow research uh, researcher James Clary investigated the following account that had this heading: "An ancient Ozark giant dug up near Steelville. Strange discovery made by a boy looking for arrowheads uh, gives the Missouri town an absorbing mystery to ponder." And this is from the Steelville Ledger, which I'm guessing is their like, newspaper, uh, from June 11th of 1933. Quote, he turned up the complete skeleton of an eight-foot giant. The grisly find was brought to Dr. R.C. <clears throat> Parker here and stretched out to its enormous length in a hallway of his office where it has since remained the most startling exhibit Steelville has ever had on public view, unquote. Uh, and while reading through the microfilm at the Steelville Library, uh, three reports of the find uh, were uncovered, including the photo that shows Les Eden, a six-foot man, laid out to the next, uh, next to the eight-foot skeleton in Dr. Parkinson's office. Hmm. Uh, and I believe there is a photo for this, and we'll, we'll post it up in our... The comparison between... Yeah, the six-foot man and, and the, the eight-foot giant. Uh, another one uh, that was found was in uh, Miamisburg, Montgomery County in Ohio, which was an eight-foot-long, one-inch skeleton. Miamisburg Mound is believed to have been built by the Adena culture anywhere between 1000 to 200 BC. It is the largest conical uh, burial mound in Ohio, once nearly 70 feet tall, the height of a seven-story building. And is 877 feet in circumference. Uh, circumference. Hugh investigated this site in September of 2012. After talking to some researchers at the local history society, he found there were other skeletal remains reported in the nearby area. Uh, numerous skeletal remains were uncovered from this mound, including a giant jawbone, unusual bones of unusual size. But it was a discovery of a half a mile away uh, that became the national sensation that was reported in the uh, Middletown Signal on January 17th of 1899 with the headline, Bones of Prehistoric Giant Found Near Miamisburg. The skeleton found found near Miamisburg in the cause of much discussion, discussion, not only among the curious and illiterate, but among the learned scientists of the world. It's kind of fucked up. Because <laughs> everybody's talking about it. Not only are you dumb people, but even the smart people. <laughs> so you know it's some good stuff. The body of a man more gigantic than any ever recorded in human history has been found in the Miami Valley in Ohio. The skeleton is calculated must have belonged to a man of eight feet 
1.5 inches in height. Professor Thomas Wilson, curator of the prehistoric anthropology at the Smithsonian Institution, said the following after examining the find. Quote, the authenticity of the skull is beyond any doubt. Its antiquity unquestionably great. To my own personal knowledge, several such crania were discovered in the Hopewell group of mounds in Ohio. The jaws were pragnathus, uh, which I guess is projecting beyond the face, and the facial index remarkably low. Hmm. Uh, he, and here's another one that uh, was found in San Diego in 19, uh, 1895, which was eight feet and four inches. However, yeah, what, what, made, what made this one interesting was that it wasn't just bones. It was like a freaking mummy. It's mummified? Yeah, it was mummified. Big ass mummy. Yeah. And so this fascinating discovery reports on a giant mummy found in San Diego that is currently believed to be a hoax. However, let's take a closer look as there is some intrigue and inconsistency for this popular story. The first report appeared in 1895 with the subheading nine feet high and probably a California Indian measurement well authenticated other big men and women of fact and fable who are famous types if gigantism when accurately measured it turned out to be eight uh, feet and four inches Hmm. and it was carefully inspected and measured by professor thomas wilson curator of the department of prehistoric anthropology in the smithsonian institution by other scientists 13 years later in 1908 when the mummy has been exhibited the smithsonian ran some tests and suddenly dismissed that it's a hoax saying that it is made from gelatin the fact that it took that long after spending $500 to acquire it, plus the fact that it was carefully, quote-unquote, carefully ex- uh, expect, inspected by experts 13 years earlier does suggest that there may be more to the story than meets the eye. Interestingly, uh, Alex Hirdiksa joined the Smithsonian in 1903 right in between the discovery and final debunking. He was not interested in the giants that made... Uh, concerted effort to to eradicate them from the historical record it's also interesting to know that the director of prehistoric anthropology thomas wilson and the ethnologist in charge wj mcgee were both involved in this story and were obviously keen to make sure the smithsonian got it back to the headquarters at the immense cost uh, which is 500 dollars in 1895 which equates to 14,285 dollars today but why would they both bother, bother doing that if it was simply a sideshow hoax? The strange twist, the Masonian involvement, and the immense amount of money spent on this makes uh, this worthy of inclusion in the top 10. So it's interesting that this one went so far and 13 years later when they found like, hey, you know what, this shit is actually a fucking gelatin. <laughs> Hey, yo, man, it's just whack. <laughs> it's just fake. Fix your shit, bro. Now, here's the last one. And this one is from West Hickory, Pennsylvania in 1870, which is an 18-foot-long skeleton. 18-foot-long. 18 the headline of this uh, chart topper reads, The Cardiff Giant Outdone, Alleged Discovery of a Giant in the Oil Regions. This report originally came from the Oil City Times in 1870 and underneath the immense armor revealed some startling uh, anatomic oddities and a skeleton that reached staggering height. The tallest example that we have come across. Quote, 
and they exhumed an enormous helmet of iron, which was corroded with rust. Further digging brought to light a sore which measured nine feet in length. Unquote. The report continued that they have discovered, quote, a well-preserved skeleton of an enormous giant. The bones of the skeleton are remarkably white. The teeth are all in their places, and all of them are double and of extraordinary size. It is estimated to be 18 feet tall, and the bones were to be prepared to be sent to to New York. Clearly, however, this could be an exaggeration as 18 feet is unheard of in the historical record. But the matter-of-the-fact description is intriguing. Interestingly, the discovery was reported to be buried 12 feet below a mound and it could suggest a deep antiquity, however uh, tall it actually was. And those are some of the discoveries of uh, some of the bones that we found in the U.S. So before we end the episode, I wanted to talk about a great French giant that lived in... Our modern time. We saw him. Known as the eighth wonder of the world. Born in May 19, 1946. And passed away on January 27, 1993. Mainly known for his athleticism. And one of his greatest achievements of his athletic career was headline Wrestlemania in 1987 and 1988 and defeated Hulk Hogan to win the WWF World Heavyweight Championship. I'm talking about the one and only Andre the fucking giant. Here are a few fun facts about this. <laughs> Yo, bitch ass fool. You know that? This great French giant. Hey, man, feel- stop calling the fun facts, okay? Yo, I, I, I feel, I feel That's the... That's mine. Hey, hey, shut the fuck up. Hey, I- stop calling fun facts. Did you guys know that Andre the Giant, he grew up so fast that his parents didn't recognize him? He left home when he was 14 years old, and he returned five years later at the age of 19... That his parents thought he was a stranger who was knocking on their door. Fucking, you want to be a Pokemon master? What the fuck? He left home at the age of fourteen. Pokemon master. I'm gone. I'm ghost. This is this is around World War Two, when he was fourteen, like in the fifties. Yeah. He left, fucked off, came back. Was a nineteen year old, knocked on the door. His parents like, "Who the fuck is this giant?" Hey, mom, I'm back. And then they find out. Not only did they not recognize him, but then he had they actually. After he finally told them who he was, they're like, yeah. oh, shit. We actually seen you wrestle on TV. Oh, we just shit. didn't recognize that it was you. Oh, wow. Such parents. On, no, he's just 
big ass growth spurt. Came back with a full grown beard. Andre the Giant was so fucking big and strong that he sometimes pranked his friends by moving their fucking cars. Mm. Sometimes just spinning to face the opposite way. If you went, if you parked in reverse, he'd flip it the other way. Yeah, yeah. But he was known to pick up smaller cars and move them to another space. What? I'll be mad as fuck. Andre the Giant was actually known by everybody as a really fun guy to be around. He was and a fun guy. Kind of a prankster. And one of the things a lot of people hated and loved about him was that he was a prankster. And he was actually known to fart on his opponents during the ring. But yeah, that was our episode on all things giant. He actually came out in Seinfeld, too. Like I was telling you guys, he was uh, an episode where um, um, Jerry was dating this chick that had, quote unquote, man hands. Oh, that was him? That, that was, that was, that was, that was him? Andre the Giant's actual hands. That, those were his hands. <laughs> so, when you, so when you zoom into the hand, that was break, his cameo? Break, breaking the yeah, lobster. Yeah, yeah. So he was breaking the lobster. He was cleaning Jerry's face. You can see the hand, the thumb, just fucking bigger than his fucking head. And which was hilarious until later I looked into it. I was like, oh shit, it's on the giant's fucking hands. He actually came out in The Princess Bride, if you guys remember that or not. I do not remember that what? at all. No. Princess he was, Bride? He was a giant. What? Was a giant. Yeah. He was a giant in The Princess Bride. Hey, fact check this fool real quick. Yeah, right. but I hope you guys had a fun time listening to this episode because I sure did. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, but like. The, the reactions. I got you guys good, though, with the other giant did. one. You know what? I. I just because I didn't know his and actual the, name. The song put it totally out of context. That's so the thing. I was like, well, if you guys, I didn't know this because he was before my time. Yeah. But that's the song he came out to. Oh, Kidding shit. me? Yeah, the Av the Avis Satanas. That's why. I, for those for those of you that do that that recognized it, high five. Well, for those but for those of you that didn't, the song that was playing in the background, that was the music he would actually come out to. Respect. Damn, respect. It was called High Respect. Ave Satanas. That's that's. Tip of the hat for that guy. Tip of the hat. Yeah, he died. Yeah. He was a huge prankster. There's like a bunch of movies. Every time I've seen something of him, it's always been like something funny. No one had anything bad to say about him. It's yeah. crazy how like when they would show him with like a can of like a Pepsi, like it, he he could hide a whole can in the palm of his hands. That's fucking. Like, this dude was huge. Nuts. He was rumored to have drank what like fucking a hundred beers on a flight and not even get a hangover. It was just, it was ridiculous. Damn. Like on a like on an hour flight, he fucking passed like a hundred beers or something. It's ridiculous, but yeah, um, this this actually was actually a fun episode to, to like search up, especially the Oni the when when I was talking about the the, the yokai, Oni. Yeah. the Oni. There's a lot of fucking yokai. That's a whole. That's a yeah. We could do a whole episode on those, on just yokai themselves. Foreshadowing. No, no, actually, you seem like a little offended that I talked about Under the Giant at the end. No, is, you know what? Is it because you were bamboozled? Him. I was bamboozled. <laughs> I was tricked. Ah, oh, it's a trick. Surprise, motherfucker. Yeah, I got surprised. Fuck me up. <laughs> yeah, so if you guys want to see anything that we talked about in this episode, go to our Instagram. Weird <laughs> History. It tells Bod where you can see all that plus much uh, more. Yeah. And um, that art, that, 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 the, the, in, the story that we played in the intro, the one. That's that's actually your personal dramatization of it. Absolutely. So that's not something that that 
you know per, per se is is was a written script that was out there i that was my dra- dramatization of me interviewing someone yeah because this is just a, a article like an article or yeah, it's an article there's also a video of an interview uh between one of the soldiers that, that uh presumably was was one you know in action that happened as well as a pilot that uh, was in charge of carrying this giant out and uh i think it was another soldier that just heard of the story they're like, hey, this is some, yeah. Like they asked him, like, did you know about this story? And they're like, yeah, we heard, we hear it all the time. This is something that that we know about. It's like, kind of hush hush. So we'll we'll post that uh the link to that video in our show notes, so that way you could also watch it yourself. Yeah, and if you guys do not have anything else to add, oh, I want to say thank you to all the listeners who've been jumping in on our old episodes and listening to those as well. Um. I would love to to hear what you guys think about what what's your opinion between our current Atlantis versus the previous Atlantis because it looked like we got a jump of, of people listening to that old one as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, because I guess we. I mean, I mean, I I was almost positive it was going to happen when we talk about Atlantis and we mentioned that we talked about it before and people went back and listened to it and like a quarter of the people that listened to the Atlantis ep- the Atlantis revisited episode actually went back to go listen to the first Atlantis episode. So I don't know if I'm I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing because <laughs> I'm still not sure which episode is better the original one or the new ones one. They, they listen to the first like five seconds of it. It's like man, fuck this, and they just click. Yeah, because you know what to say. The remake the, the remakes are never as good as the, the originals. So you know, you should have <laughs> told me that before I gave the idea. <laughs> fuck, I didn't know that. Ah, bamboozled, bro. Ah, uh, you set up for failure, man. That's all right, guys. End this shit. End this bullshit. All right, guys. If you get no one has anything else to no, add, no, no one does. Fuck. Thank you, guys. And as always, we are the Weird History Gary Tells Pod. Mm.